Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Happy Labor Day weekend, everybody. Good morning. Man, I hope you find some rest this weekend. And You know, our church is full of people who work so hard, accomplish amazing things. Uh, so many incredible people in our church impacting others. On top of that, you take your time uh, to connect with your church family and to serve your church family, uh, to make an impact for kids, students, adults, one another. I want to thank you. It speaks to who you are. The fact that you're here right now, the fact that you're uh, watching this right now, connecting with this, uh, listening to this, it speaks to your spiritual maturity, that you make time for worship and God's word with other Christ followers. Uh, It says a lot about you, and it says that you understand a fundamental truth about you that uh, we teach here often, and that is you are more than just what you do. You are more than just your body. You are far more than your physical frame, and you're more than what you accomplish. Uh, Your body is very important, but you also have a soul. You have a spirit. Uh, There's a verse that relates, uses our bodies as an illustration uh, for this. And in Romans 12, 4 through 5, it says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Did you know that you belong to Jesus, but you also, we belong to one another? In a church family, you don't only belong to Christ, but you belong to one another. You are my brother. You are my sister. I am your brother. And you may not feel this. You don't necessarily feel like uh, you need other people, but God says, A Christian without a family, a Christian without this connection, is actually a spiritual orphan. Or like a body, it's like a body part disconnected from the rest of the body. And you cannot fulfill what God created you for on your own. So what I want to do today, and this is just a one, a standalone message, a one-week thing. Next week, I'm beginning a new series on decision making. We're calling it Tough Choices, How to Make Godly Decisions. Uh, I've been studying uh, for this uh, this summer. I'm very excited about to talk about the theology of God's will and uh, your choices in life and what they mean for you and how to make a choice when you're faced with a tough decision, how to make one that you can be at peace with and God is pleased with. So that'll start next week. But what I want to do today uh, is just quickly look at five biblical reasons uh, why we are a church family, why we exist, why there's a church body, and talk about your emotional and spiritual health. You cannot be healthy unless you're connected to the body, unless you're connected to other believers in Christ and the family of God. So if you're taking notes, let's just get right to it. I need a church family. Why? Because I need others to walk with me. You know, the Bible often calls your Christian life your walk. 
The Bible says that we are to walk in love, walk in truth, walk in light, walk in joy, walk in hope. And you'll hear Christians sometimes refer to their Christian life as their walk. Why? Colossians 2, 6 through 7 says, Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, why does the Bible compare your Christian life to a walk? Because it's an expedition, it's a journey, it's a trek. We are to walk in the Spirit, we're to walk like Jesus. And God never intended for you to do this walk by yourself or to walk alone. 1 John 1 7, another verse on this, says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. Now you might say, well, I I prefer walking alone. I prefer doing the Christian life my own. I like walking alone. Why should I walk with other people? Well, yeah, we prefer it by ourselves until there's a problem. You know, when you walk with others, it's much safer. There's safety in numbers. There's less risk. If you've ever had to walk through a dark alley at night, you would have much preferred to be walking with somebody else. When you're going through tough times, it's safer to walk with others. This last May, I was in Southern California for a funeral, and I had the opportunity to go up to Joshua Tree for a little bit, and uh, always wanted to go there, and hiked to the top of Ryan Mountain, uh, which is in the center of the park at sunset. And it was beautiful, it was awesome, and then it was so dark. And I had to walk down the mountain in the dark by myself with just my headlamp. And the desert started moving. I saw scorpions and snakes and spiders. And uh, I was scared. I could not get down off that mountain fast enough. Then a few months later, I go hiking again, this time with three other friends. And the trip was over. And I thought, you know what? I never thought about my safety one time. I was never scared. Why? Because... It's safe with other people. Another benefit of walking with others is it's supportive. It keeps you from giving up. If you've ever done a marathon or a half marathon, you get to that point where you've got the pain, that pain in your side. I don't know when that starts for you, maybe mile seven or mile five, or for me, it's about yard 50. It's just like, I just can't, I can't do it. And what, how do you get through? It's through other people supporting you, encouraging you. There's a guy in our church who invited me several years ago to run the I Am Second race. Uh, You know, I Am Second that produces the amazing testimonies. They had a race at the stadiums. And so I went up there and, and ran in that with him. And we're running this course through the stadiums and around the stadiums. And KC Wolf was there. And he's bouncing around with his ATV. You run through this corner, he's got his ATV and a little ramp. And go through another corner, he's juggling and stuff. There's a one point I'm running and I'm just, I'm dying. I don't know if I can finish this thing. And Casey Wolf, in his full costume with the floppy shoes and everything, runs past me in the race. 
And I'm like, I thought you're here to encourage us, like build us up. And like, I don't know if I got Casey Wolf and floppy shoes passing me, I don't know what's going to happen. But he started, you know, holding up signs and encouraging us and everything. And when you're supported, you don't give up, you finish. There's an old African proverb that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run with others. When you run together, you can go so much farther. And we oftentimes think, well, uh, I'm not going to delegate this thing. I'm not going to train this person up. I'm not going to ask someone to do it. I don't want to have to communicate something. I don't have to do all that work because it's so much harder. I'm just going to do this myself and it'll be faster. And you know what? You're absolutely right. It is faster to do it yourself. But it's not farther. It doesn't get you where you need to go. It stops short. So it's safer, it's more supportive. It's also, it's just smarter. You learn more by walking with others through life. Proverbs 28, 26. Let's read this out loud together. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Also says in Proverbs that with a multitude of counselors, there is safety. One of the things you learn when you're walking with other people is you learn how to love. And one of the greatest goals of life is learning how to love because God is love. And God has to love unlovable people all the time. He loves me. And when we are Christ-like, we become more like Christ when we love others, when we sacrifice for others, when we love others even though they rub us the wrong way or, or they are unlovable people. You know, God hates loneliness. What is his antidote? God's antidote to being alone is two groups of people. One is a physical family. The other is a spiritual family. Your physical family is an antidote for loneliness, but the problem is it doesn't last forever. Physical families, uh, they grow up. People move away. People pass away. Sometimes families split up. But your spiritual family, which is the church, other believers, they're going to live on for eternity. Your spiritual family is going to last forever and ever. This is why the Bible, specifically in Hebrews chapter 10, gives us this encouragement. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's this day that it's talking about? It's talking about Christ's return. And all the more as we see that day approaching, we're only getting closer. It says don't give up meeting together. Don't give up spurring one another on to love and good deeds. Because when you're weak, when you're tired, when you're alone, you feel like giving up. But the other believers that you've opened your life up to help you fulfill this verse. They keep you going. I mean, have you ever said, I, I just don't feel like going to worship today? Well, of course you had. I mean, I've thought that before, and I'm the one giving the message for crying out loud. And what, I mean, when you're tired, when you don't feel like it, you'd rather just stay home. But you know what I've discovered? Is that when I least feel like worshiping, that's when I usually need it the most. 
when I least feel like receiving encouragement from God's word or a challenge, that's when it's most fulfilling in my life. When I get with other people, my discouragement, my fatigue, all the things that we're going to talk about today, they start leaving. And so does the loneliness. If you're taking notes, write this in. That is that community is God's answer to loneliness. And we all need a place to practice relationships and learn to love. So what you need when you walk through life is you need a a group of believers. You need a small group of believers that that are there for you. A small group of ladies, of guys, of other couples, of friends. What is a small group? A small group is a group of people who connect and walk through life together. Uh, They encourage one another. They pray for one another. They support one another. Uh, You hear us talk about our small groups here. We've taken that term small groups and it's a program uh, for us as well. Small groups meet for a couple hours a week. I'm talking about this today because now's the perfect time to join a small group. We're doing small group signups right now. They're doing a variety of things. Um, There are a variety of things that they're studying. A small group might meet in someone's house. They might meet at a restaurant or at a park or on a Zoom call. Uh, They may meet at Uh, church uh, for foundations, the class that I've been talking about that's starting up, or for Financial Peace University, uh, or for Ladies Refit. They come together, they connect, they pray for one another, they support one another, they learn together, and it works best when everyone's committed. Hebrews 4.16 says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. It's best when everyone's committed to it, when everyone brings something to the table for it, when everyone brings a level of hospi- hospitable, hospitality with them. First Peter 4.9 says this, says offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Are you doing this? Are you fulfilling this verse? Who are you opening up your home to or opening up a space or opening up a table at foundations or at Financial Peace University? Who are you bringing with you? Who are you opening up your time or your calendar uh, to? You know, many people think, well, no one really wants to hear from me. Really? You know what the truth is? The truth is everyone has a longing to belong. It's why the worst punishment you could give someone is solitary confinement. Because human beings were not made to walk alone. So I need, a, I need a church family. I need others to walk with me. Secondly, let me give you a second reason I need others. is I need others to work with me. What do I mean by that? Not just walk with me, but to work with me. Did you know that God has work for you to do in your life, work on your character, work that impacts other people. Here's what the Bible says. We've looked at this verse a couple of times lately. Hebrews 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You say, why am I alive? God made you to accomplish uh, his mission, his works. In heaven, Everybody's going to share in the work, so we won't get tired. But on earth, what happens is we try to accomplish it, to do it all by ourselves. 
and the result is we're fatigued. We're tired, we're burnt out, we're frustrated with one another, we're frustrated with our life. And God tells us, no, we need to work together. We'll look at a, at a few verses today from Ecclesiastes 4. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. They get more done working together. You need a church family to get done the work God has for you. God never meant for you to do it by yourself. Years ago in rural northern Minnesota, uh, the country folk there wanted a highway, a 200-mile highway between Fargo and Duluth. And the highway money that they would petition for kept getting spent on the southern cities and the southern parts of Minnesota. Finally, one retired dairy farmer decided to do something about it. Meet Gordon Bushnell, age 80. Fed up with getting what he saw as a runaround from the state government, he finally told the Department of Transportation if they wouldn't build the highway, he'd build the highway. What they didn't realize was that he planned to build it all by himself. Seven days a week, winter and summer, Gordon has gotten up at 5 a.m. to work on his cross-state highway. Pushing west from Duluth, he's carving a passable path through forest and swamp. I recently paid a visit to Gordon and his road. No, there are no toll booths or Howard Johnsons yet, but I was amazed to see what one man can do if he wants to do it badly enough. So he worked on that road for 20 years with a wheelbarrow and a shovel and this old tractor all by himself. Now, come on, there's just one little sliver of you that's like, I want to be that guy. Like, no one else would do it. Fine, I'll do it. They won't build a highway. I'll go out there with what I have. I'll build the stinking highway. I'll make it happen. But all he did by himself, when he died, all he had was nine miles of highway. Now, that's pretty impressive by yourself. But no one ever used it. You look at your life and say, man, I've built my nine miles. And it's a good nine miles. And it's pretty amazing what you can accomplish by yourself. But is it really having the impact of the effort that you're putting in? See, by yourself, you can do some things of faith. And you can make a few changes. I'll just give you some, for instance, by yourself, maybe you can stop smoking or stop looking at porn for a few days. But with God's help and others' encouragement and with wisdom, you could be free. You know, by yourself, you can pay off a debt. But with God's help and a plan and some support and some wisdom, you can be debt-free. By yourself, you may be able to do some good parenting. But with God's help, with others' wisdom and support. You could be a great parent. You could be a great husband, a great wife. By yourself, you can do some ministry. By yourself, you can make it nine miles. But with others' help, you could join a ministry that impacts hundreds of kids, hundreds of students, hundreds of adults. By yourself, you can, or with a group of people, you can make it 200 miles. You can make it to where you wanted to go. Sometimes we think that the greatest Christians out, are out there all by themselves. 
Like there's this myth that like Billy Graham was just making this impact all by himself. There's this myth about Mother Teresa that she was out there serving the, the streets of Calcutta all by herself. When you look into that, you realize there is a whole army of sisters with Mother Teresa making that happen. We would have never heard about it, never known about it if it was just her. You need other people helping you fulfill the work that God has for your life. You know, I notice every winter, a snowflake is very frail. But all the snowflakes together, everybody's complaining about it. (laughs) And by myself, I'm frail. But together with you, everybody's complaining about it. That didn't really work out the way I thought, but... (laughs) If you're listening to me today and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm really tired, I'm exhausted in my walk, uh, it's, it's probably because you're not helping others and they're not helping you. If you're saying, you know what, I've tried to make changes, I've tried to do the work of me, I've tried to conform my character, you're missing one of the benefits of being with others, working with others, helping others, and letting them in to help you. I want you to write this down under this point, is community is God's answer to fatigue. God did not mean for you to do it on your own. And the enemy would love for you to have to fight him by yourself. We get tired trying to conquer the enemy by ourselves. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 talks about this. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. What's this mean? It means when you live to gratify your sinful desires, you you harvest death and decay. When you live to please the Holy Spirit, when you live to please God, you harvest everlasting life. It says, so let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Don't give up doing the work that pleases God in your life and the lives around you because a harvest is coming. So I need a church family that will walk with me. I need a church family that will work with me. I need a a, a church family that will help me do what God's called me to do. And number three, I need a church family. I need others to watch out for me. I need them to watch out for me. In other words, I need people in my life who will warn me of the traps, who will defend me, who will protect me, who will help me stay on track. The Bible says so much about this in Philippians 2.4. It says, don't look out only for your own interests, your own problems, your own things that you need to solve, only things that you're into, but take an interest in others too. Let me ask you this. Have you ever left for vacation And before you left, you asked a neighbor or somebody else to watch your stuff for you while you were gone. Of course. Let me ask you another question. Have you, do you have anybody in your life watching out for your soul? You have someone watch your stuff. You may even have an alarm system that watches your stuff. But who's watching for your soul? Friend, there's no reward. There's no a award at the end of life, getting through your life with your stuff not being tampered with or taken. 
We need other believers watching out for us. Why? Because we all have blind spots. There are just some things in life that you can't see, some things in life that you need other people's feedback on in your life. You know, when you have a taillight out, you can't see it. Somebody else has to tell you. There are times when all of us need something pointed out in our life that's causing something destructive in our life. And if you say, well, I don't have any blind spots, that's kind of the first sign that you have a blind spot because it's literally a blind spot. You can't see it. You don't know about it. This is called staying vigilant. That with other people, we stay vigilant over our life. You know, since 9-11 happened here in the United States, we've had to be vigilant against terrorists and terror attacks. And when you go through an airport now today, it's much different than it was 20 years ago because we're being vigilant for the enemy. But we have an even greater enemy, far greater, that the enemy wants to mess you up. He wants to mess up your heart. He wants to destroy your life. He's plotting your downfall. He does it through, wants to defeat you through temptations, persecution, dead ends and detours. Satan fights with an arsenal of habits and hurts and wounds from your past. And much of the time we're walking in defeat. Why? Because we're trying to fight him on our own. You need other people to help you resist temptation. You need other people to fight these battles with you. And that's what so much, so many of our programs are all about, but especially Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery meets on Wednesday nights. It's our midweek worship service. And they have a program that helps you overcome things in your life from your past, things that you couldn't overcome on your own. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. There are things in our life that if we could change them on our own, hello, we already would have. If there were things I could have changed by myself without Celebrate Recovery or without others, without God's help, without a process, I would have done it. But there are things in our life we can't do on our own. Who's watching out for you spiritually? Nobody at work's doing that. Nobody at school's doing that. You need another Christian. Community, if you're taking notes, is God's answer to defeat. And if you're feeling defeated by your past, defeated by a habit, feeling defeated by an addiction, I wholeheartedly encourage you uh, to plug in to Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery is designed to deal with a wide variety of struggles. And while some of those struggles are much more obvious than others, we all face them somewhere. And at Rockbrook Celebrate Recovery, we are passionate about helping you discover healing through the person and the power of Jesus Christ. And so if you feel held back by anything today uh, that you haven't been able to overcome on your own, materialism or depression overeating, gambling, pornography, substance abuse, a wound in your past that you haven't been able to get over and move on, this is a place for you to learn uh, the joy of living free in Christ. It's the church family of God that is God's answer to defeat. One more verse from Ecclesiastes 4. 
says, if one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone, when they fall, are in real trouble. All right, let me give you a couple more. Number four, I need people, so first to walk with me, watch over me, to work with me. Number four, I need others to wait with me. What do I mean by that? What does that mean? Let me give you just a few situations in life that nobody should ever have to face alone. Nobody should ever have to face waiting in a hospital alone, especially during a risky surgery. Nobody should ever have to wait alone for a lab report or a report on a pregnancy problem. Nobody should ever have to wait alone for news from a battlefield, from a son or daughter or father or mother. Nobody should ever have to wait alone for a coroner while they're identifying a body. I could go on and on. In fact, these things happen. That list is is from things that have happened in our church family just over the last couple of weeks. And these things will happen in your life eventually. At some point, we have life-shaking crises. None of us knows how it's going to hit us, when it's going to hit us, but the time to prepare is now. And what is God's system of support? It's a group of believers who are committed to you, you're committed to them. Who's committed to you right now? Who have you been there for that you know if you were in a crisis, they would be there for you? Who can you count on? In 1 Corinthians 12, 26, talking about the church being a body, Our church is amazing at this verse. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Our church family is amazing at this. I mean, one of our members gets cancer. Everyone who's connected to that person is loving on them, praying for them, looking for ways to support them. If you're taking notes, community is God's answer to despair. You would have despaired if you were on your own. But with the support of others, you know, this is, this is not, and I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. Another verse that our church family is great at, Romans 12, 15. Be happy with those who are happy, meaning celebrate with those who are celebrating. If something good happens to them, celebrate with them. And weep with those who weep. We need people to wait with us, to weep with us. That means that I need people who wait with me when I'm scared to death, who will watch with me, who will pray with me. You know, the truth is, we often um, don't know what to do when this happens, when the tears come for someone in their life. And let me give you a little tip. When tears come to someone else, you don't have to fix their problem, but you do have to be there. You have to have the ministry of presence. And sometimes, maybe it's in a group setting when tears come, or it's with a friend, it's with a loved one. Sometimes you just need to sit in silence with them and weep with those who weep. In fact, in your small group, if this this ever happens, that's the cue to just stop and to pray with them and to pray over them. Who do you need to encourage today? Who do you need to lift up? Who do you need to be there for? You know, we have a, a new dream team here that's really fitting this theme of waiting with someone, of weeping with someone, of being there uh, for people. And many of you would uh, fit in with this dream team very much. It's called Stephen Ministry. And Stephen's minister, so it's taken from Stephen in the book of Acts, and it's modeled after his uh, ministry and impact that he left there. But Stephen Ministry provides high-quality, Christ-centered care to people in our church and community who are experiencing life's difficulties. 
And we just had a group of people go through Stephen's ministry training and were commissioned out of that. And we'd love to take another group of people through that this fall. Uh, you'd be trained as a lay caregiver to provide one-on-one care to those experiencing a difficult time in life, such as grief, or divorce, job loss, chronic or terminal illness, a relocation in your life. Stephen ministers are matched with a person experiencing a life crisis and typically meet with them a week on a weekly basis to listen, to care for, to encourage, to provide emotional, uh, spiritual support and direction. I mean, if you have a diagnosis of something in your life, who better to help you uh, uh, speak into that than someone who's been through something with that, someone who's walked through someone else, with someone else through something like that. When all the questions come up of, man, where am I gonna turn? Who better to turn to uh, than someone who's willing to give you the support and direction that you need? And if you would like to join us uh, in being a Stevens minister, of making an impact in someone else's life that way. The best way to connect to that is through Growth Track. That would be the next step for you. And at step four of the Growth Track, we'll do an orientation on Stephen's ministers. And uh, you can just come and find out what that even means, what that looks like, and then decide if you want to move forward with us. But some of you would fit into this ministry so extremely well because you live out these biblical principles. You care for other people so well. Who do you need to encourage today? Can you think of somebody that you might need to reach out today and encourage? Finally, let me give you one more reason why you need the support of a Christian spiritual church family in order for spiritual health. And that is number five, I need others to witness with me. God does not expect you to have to reach the world by yourself, to have to reach the people around you by yourself. You know, when you come to Rockbrook Church and they walk in and they see people worshiping together, that is a witness. That is a witness to the power of God. But do you know what the greatest witness of your life is to unbelievers? Jesus said it this way in John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. How? Not through your buildings, not through your t-shirts, not through your bumper stickers, but through loving one another, if you love one another. The thing that proves that you are a follower of Jesus Christ to the world is your love for one another. Love for your church family, that love expressed in your community, at your office, at your workplace, at school, in your neighborhood. And it shines because it's the opposite of what the world is trying to get us to do. You know, I have noticed lately that the world's messaging, the enemy's messaging, is not for us to love one another. It's for us to be afraid of one another, to fear one another. I mean, you just look this week, notice this week of how many channels from the world, how much in the news, how much in podcasts, how much in our reading, how much is brought to us that we are to fear one another. We're to fear another group. We're not to love our neighbor. We're to fear our neighbor. We're to fear these people. 2 Timothy 1.7, let's read this out loud together. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The spirit God gives you is not a fear. It's of power, it's of love, it's of self-discipline. And it's time to push back in your life on those voices that come in and say, you need to fear this person. You need to fear that kind of person. You need to be afraid of other people. 
The world wants you to live in fear. The enemy wants you to live in fear. If you're taking notes, community is God's answer to fear. And you lose your fear when you realize that God and other people are with you. I want to close with this verse that I read uh, this week and just with my Bible in front of me, uh, I praised God for our church. And I said to God, I believe this would be said about Rockbrook Church. And God, I ask through your grace, your power, your wisdom, your empowerment, that it would continue to be said about Rockbrook Church. And it was said about the church in Philippi, which was this little city in Greece. The verse says, above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. I want that to be said about Rockbrook, that we're of one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news of Jesus Christ, that we would stand on the grace, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that we're struggling side by side to believe the good news. Friend, I just wanted to take time this weekend uh, to let you know there's a lot of opportunity right at our doorstep, right in front of us. A lot of ways that Rockbrook cares about you, cares for you. A lot of ways that people have stepped up to make a difference in your life. Will it count for you? Will it make a difference for you? I mean, from foundations launching in a couple weeks, the systematic theology core truths of the Christian faith we need to know, uh, from Financial Peace University uh, to small groups that are doing a variety of things, but those are signing up right now. Uh, celebrate recovery. So many opportunities. Where is your life going to look different at the end of the year than it does right now? Where are you going to care for others and be cared for? What step are you going to take to be more connected? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just look around the room at these faces, at these people, and so thankful for them. I'm so thankful that we have one another. And Lord, with all my heart, I believe that uh, the church, fulfilling your purposes together, makes an impact in our world. And it brings significance to our life. And God, I, I ask you to forgive us for the times that uh, we have become uh, consumed with ourselves, self-focused, self-centered. God, we want to experience real community and fellowship that you desire, that you designed. God, we want to follow you. Lord, we want to learn how to love and be loved in a deeper way. So God, we open ourselves up to you. God, we thank you for one another. Thank you for a place to belong, a place to grow, a place to fellowship, a place to serve place to worship. God, we don't want to be just a passive follower or a passive attender. We commit our lives to you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for its stability and its strength in these days and this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and 
other ways you can discover your purpose here on Earth.